When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby here with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock as the Browns are preparing for the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. And Mary Kay, I was talking to you about this before we started recording. I'm doing a story on the Browns defense and, and what they're facing this week. And these stats are jarring how good this offense has been, whether you like traditional stats, advanced stats, what everything loves this Dolphins passing game. So just starting with football outsiders, they are second best offense by DVOA and the best passing game by DVOA. Tua is PFF's highest graded passer. He leads the league in a stat that uh, football outsiders uses called defensive defense adjusted yards above replacement. And if you don't know what that means, all you need to know is he's the highest rated passer in the league and he's first in QBR uh, on ESPN. And by the way, the guys he's throwing the ball to, Tyreek Hill, is on pace to potentially set a new receiving yards record, and he could do it in 16 games. So this isn't even like, a, oh, well, there's an extra game. He's he's on pace to come really close in just 16 games. Calvin Johnson is the guy with that record. And Jalen Waddell is fifth in receiving yards. This is, for anyone who hasn't watched the Dolphins, or maybe sometimes you watch them and it doesn't always feel explosive Mary Kay this is a very explosive offense it really is Tua is playing really really well as you mentioned uh number one with that 115.9 rating or whatever it is uh he's got those uh two receivers just humming along together and I think the synergy of both of them has really helped him elevate his game I mean you can't just pay attention to Jalen Waddle this year, obviously. Now you've got two of those guys, and it's hard to commit extra attention to both of them. So I think this is a game in which uh, that secondary is going to have to be on point. This is not a game where you can have some of those miscommunications. This is not a game where you can have blown coverages. I mean, his numbers in terms of 20-plus passing uh, attempts are, like, off the charts, so, uh, you know, I mean, he, he's definitely got it going on on the deep ball and really all over the field. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to be incumbent upon Miles and Jadavian uh, to try to get as much pressure, pressure as they possibly can. He gets the ball out quickly, uh, but they're still going to have to try to get there. They're going to have to try to be disruptive. And, um, and I think it's going to be a, a, a very intriguing and intense matchup. 
I think it's going to be, uh, you know, I think the defense really has to answer the bell here. And there's part of me that kind of thinks they will. Well, Ashley, this is the kind of test here. This is the, the what makes it a little scary, but also makes it kind of like, all right, if this defense is fixed, we're going to find out because it's easy to kind of think, well, is this going to look like the Panthers and Jets where guys got free and nobody was covered? Or is this going to look like Cincinnati where, yeah, I know Jamar Chase wasn't out there, but T. Higgins is a good player. Tyler Boyd's a good player. Joe Mixon had five touchdowns last week. They, they did pretty well against those playmakers. I just kind of keep thinking over and over again, we're going to find out exactly where this defense is this week. Yeah, I think like we've we've kind of said already that this feels like a game where we're either going to be leaving Hard Rock Stadium at the end and saying like, well, Joe Woods and the defense have fixed all their problems from earlier in the season, or it's going to be a game where afterwards we're saying, whoa, this defense is still a mess. Where do they go from here? Um, And I do think, you know, a team like this with the passing game, like the one that the Dolphins have currently with receivers like they have currently, they're not going to, the Browns are not going to be able to mask, I think, a lot of mistakes. Um, You're not going to be able to get away with a lot because these guys, if they get out in space, they are gone. There's a very small margin of error. So I really do kind of think it's either or, and you're at kind of opposite ends of the spectrum, given what the Dolphins are good at. So here's a question I have, and this has to do, obviously, Denzel Ward coming back from a concussion. He has been on the practice field. Uh, He was out there Monday. He was out there today. Kevin Stefanski said that he's basically hitting the benchmarks. Um, You know, Mary Kay, the longer this goes, obviously you, you wonder, but if we get to like tomorrow or even on Friday, if it's like, okay, Denzel's cleared, good to go. You feel good about it. But can this team win this game without Denzel Ward? This just feels like a really important Denzel Ward game. Yeah, I think they can win the game without Denzel Ward. Uh, and the reason why they can is because Martin Emerson has been playing so well. Martin Emerson has eased the loss of Denzel Ward. He, The moment has not been too big for him. He has stepped up. Uh, he wants an opportunity to go against these great receivers. And, you know, you are waiting for that, uh, you know, those moments where, you know, he's going to get beat. And and this is probably a game where uh, now he was out ill on Wednesday when we're taping this, but we are assuming he's going to play. It's one of those games where he's not going to be perfect. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to give up passes. Uh, But if Denzel can't play, I think that Martin Emerson can handle the job. I think he can fill in admirably, and I think they will still be all right. Well, and they do have. You know, they've got Greedy Williams. They've got A.J. Green. Um, they, they've got some guys that, that can step in and, and cover, but it's just that speed. I mean, Denzel Ward is so fast. He's probably the second. He's probably the fastest guy in that secondary, Ashley, behind. I mean, Greg Newsom is probably right behind him. But Denzel Ward, I think we read it on our last podcast. He was like a 4-3-2-40. I mean, he's, he's a guy that with that little bit of a head start can run with Tyree Kill a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's the obvious benefit of if he were to, you know, if he is able to make it through the protocol and play on Sunday, that speed will definitely, I think, help them. But I I just think it's such a tough assignment, like if Denzel Ward had been perfectly healthy coming into this game and hadn't missed the last, you know, three games or however many he's missed. But to have this be his first game back, I think, is a really, really hard uh, deal, you know, 
Um, so that part of it is kind of interesting for me. Like, I'm not entirely sure, like, just because Denzel Ward is back that the Browns are automatically going to have, like, some kind of advantage here just because he hasn't played for, you know, however many weeks now with the bye week included. So that definitely, I think, is something to, I guess, like, be at least be, like, cognizant of that this isn't a, you know, a guy who's walking into this matchup if Denzel plays who has, you know, played the last, you know, X number of weeks he's been out. So I'm, I'm curious to see what this looks like with or without him, quite honestly. So Mary Kay, you mentioned it, Miles Garrett to Davion Clowney. This is a, a big game for them. And Tua has been, again, this is another stat I looked up beforehand. PFF has him at, uh, let me find it here, ninth, I believe, in time to throw. It's quick. Um, he has not been under pressure a whole lot this season. 2.54 seconds. Uh, so he's doing his part to avoid sacks. That's actually, um, yeah, I don't have the, the ranking in front of me, but that's a very fast time. Let's put it that way. 22.5% of his dropbacks have been under pressure, which is second only to Tom Brady uh, as far as fewest times under pressure. So he's doing his part in getting the ball out. But another thing we were talking about before we hit record I'm trying to, to rack my brain here with the teams they played. I guess he played Matthew Judon in week mm-hmm. one. Yep. Other than that, he hasn't really played edge rusher. He definitely hasn't played a Miles Garrett type edge rusher and, and certainly not a duo like Miles Garrett and Javion Clowney when they're right. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, we were looking at that and, and we didn't necessarily see it. We saw some teams where they had, you know, good team defense, but, you know, not necessarily the uh, the pass rushers that he will face on Sunday. And look what Joe Burrow did uh, when he had to face Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. I mean, they are game changers when they're on their game and when they're healthy. And I feel like Miles is on a mission. We've been talking about that. I feel like uh, Miles is really uh, has kind of strapped this defense on his back, and he's taken it for a ride the rest of the season. And I feel. He feels a tremendous responsibility to keep this team in the playoff conversation. I think he's going to play with his hair on fire. Uh, I think they're going to do every single thing that they possibly can to get Tua off his mark and make him uh, not look as good as he has looked uh, this season. I mean, he's he is 13-1 and one in the last 14 games that he has started and finished. I mean, that is just a remarkable statistic, isn't it? Uh, so they're out to change that. And, you know, I actually think that um, I actually think that they have a decent chance to, uh, you know, to get to him and to uh, and to try to disrupt him, get him off the mark. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, I think that's probably the biggest matchup of the game. So I'm, I'm looking this up right now on PFF. They only have two bat downs for Tua. It's only two passes batted down this season. Um Make sure I'm, I'm actually reading that right. That seems like a lot. Actually, he's only six foot one, but to only have two batted passes is impressive. But that being said, again, and you've got Miles on one side and you've got Jadavion on the other, that's a bunch of long arms getting in your way. Yeah, and I would love, I mean, we've seen packages where, you know, th- we we saw earlier in the season where there was one package where they threw four edge rushers out there when Chase before Chase Winovich got hurt with Chase Alex Wright, Miles, and JD. Um, and that's when JD, I think, got his like first sack or whatever of the year on on one of those. But um, 
I do think, like, I would be interested to see, I know Mary Kay's especially advocated for this before, like, if they want to try to move a guy like Alex Wright inside, who has some even more size than, than Miles and JD, he's got those great long arms, he's had some success at batting down passes this year, I'm curious to see if we'll see those three guys playing together, because it seems like there's an opportunity there, yes, Tua has been good about not letting that happen, but we know how much the Dolphins also like to throw, you know, in the middle of the field. Like, that's been a huge topic of conversation in these, you know, media availabilities this week. So I'm, I'm definitely, I think there's an opportunity there, even though other teams maybe haven't been as successful at doing that. Oh, so that, that's interesting, Mary Kay. The big lineup, sort of like a basketball team. Just put a bunch of, mm-hmm. like, tall, long guys out there and, and just see if you can cut down on those throwing lanes. Yeah, I, I would definitely, I would definitely do that. I mean, you want to put your best guys out there. That's one way to go about it. And then also, uh, you know, move miles around, uh, you know, move him around more and find the mismatches along the line. And I, you know, I think that's a, that's a key swap Jadavian and miles like they did. Uh, did they do that in the last game or was that in two games? They've done ago? it. They've done it a couple of times. They've, they've done it. Um, yeah. So, you know, move those guys around, find the uh, the favorable matchups and someone that you can exploit. And I think that's just uh, that's just so smart. And now they've got other guys that can roll in there. You've got Isaiah Thomas, who has done a really nice job. You've also got Chase Winovich coming back this game. He's going to be eager to get back out there and get some things done. So I, you know, I think that they're going to roll guys in, keep them fresh, be able to keep Jadavian Miles going strong through the fourth quarter. And I just think that that's going to be uh, huge in this game. Okay, let's take a break. And then we'll talk a little more about this matchup coming up on Sunday in Miami. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we are back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. You know, before we talk about Miami, Mary Kay, we've talked about this a lot on the pod, so let's just update this. Josh Allen, who the Browns are slated to face a week after this game, day-to-day with that elbow injury. Um, So that's obviously good news for the Buffalo Bills. We don't know if he's going to play on Sunday against the Vikings yet. Uh, But normally when a guy's day-to-day, he's probably not going to miss more than a game. You, You never really know. But uh, I guess just to update that storyline here, it seems like it's it's certainly more likely today that the Browns would face Josh Allen than maybe it felt on Monday or Tuesday when everything seemed really mysterious around this injury. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it really seemed like the Browns were headed for an enormous break. And now um, it looks more and more like he will be playing. So I do think that, um, you know, that there is a good chance of that. Uh, but who knows? I mean, like, what if he goes out there and tries to play and he's not, you know, what they thought he would be and then he needs a week off or he re-injures it? So I think it's still a little bit dicey. I still think it opens the door a little bit for um, for the Browns to have a better chance of winning this game. 
Ashley, the, the Josh Allen injury, of course, you know, it's, it's something we were going to keep an eye on for a while, but uh, it does seem like the Browns aren't getting that break. But again, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he can even get out there on Sunday and then we'll I, we'll be like Kevin Stefanski. We'll worry about right. this week. <laughs> right. We need to borrow a Kevin Stefanski line about taking things day by day and controlling what we can control. Um, but no, I mean, like like Mary Kay said, if he was is like something, you know, happens with this injury and it, it maybe is worse than initially expected and he does have to miss time. I mean, you can't really overstate how big of a break that is. I mean, considering how big Josh Allen is and how he moves. Obviously, we don't need to relitigate how good Josh Allen is. Everybody knows. Um, but I, I do think, you know, it's definitely one of those things that we're, we're keeping an eye on as these, this week goes on and, and through this weekend and see what he does. Because this is one of those, you know, potential injuries that when we talk about anything can happen in this league, and a lot of it is predicated on an injury happening to the wrong guy or the wrong group of guys or to a position group on a team. Like this is definitely one of those injuries that if it was bad enough would be season altering for Buffalo probably. Right. And obviously facing case Keenum would be way different than facing Josh Allen. All right. So Mary Kay, as, as we go into this game and we'll have our longer preview pod um, coming up for Friday with our picks and our prop bets and all that fun stuff. I, I guess, what what are you really watching in this game? Like, like what really, especially on the offensive side, because we haven't talked about the offensive side of the ball for the Browns. What are you really watching against a Dolphins team that has given up a lot of points recently? They gave up, you know, a ton. They gave up 32 to the Bears, 27 to the Lions. You know, they only gave up 10 to the Steelers, but that, you know, they almost lost that game if Kenny Pickett makes a couple of throws here or there. This team has given up points. Yeah, and not only that, they don't take the ball away. They have this, they are tied for the second fewest takeaways in the NFL with seven. So Jacoby Brissett can take some chances with Amari Cooper. Their pass defense is something like 22nd, 23rd. It's not a tremendous pass defense by any stretch of the imagination. So I think there are going to be opportunities. Uh, where is it? They're 23rd, giving up 245.9. So I think this is a game where Jacoby Brissett, and he knows these guys too. Now they do have Bradley Chubb that they uh, that they just added. They traded uh, for him on November 1st, and he'll play a bigger role this game. He's on a four-game sackless streak, but uh, who knows? Maybe he'll try to break out in this game. But I think it's an opportunity for Jacoby Brissett to not only hit Amari Cooper downfield, but to get some things rolling with another one of his favorite targets in DPJ. Um, we we don't know yet if, um, if David Njoku is going to be able to play, although he's trying really, really hard and he wants to play. Uh, if he has those three guys, uh, you know, I think they can accomplish a lot. And of course, uh, you know, they have that devastating running game and these guys aren't terrific against the run either. So I think they can try to possess the ball. Uh, they can try to run it down their throats a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think it can actually be a pretty decent matchup for the Browns. I don't know who I'm going to pick yet. We'll have to wait until tomorrow for that. Uh, but I certainly think it's a winnable game. Um, I actually think the Browns are at a point now where they can pretty much beat anyone. Um, but this is a winnable game if they take advantage of this weaker pass defense and the fact that 
uh, they're not taking the ball away. Well, that's you and Mike McDaniel believe that. He, he said that today that uh, this is a Browns team that can beat anyone. And look, when you have Miles Garrett, when you have Nick Chubb, when you have potentially Denzel Ward and Greg Newsome and that offensive line, Amari Cooper, you can beat anyone. And, and Ashley, it's kind of strange. It's It almost feels like if the Dolphins are going to slow this this team down, it's going to be a guy that we don't really know how he looks quite yet in, in that defense. Yeah. And that's Bradley Chubb. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like Mary Kay said, I mean, I was looking today, like their run defense, is kind of like middling. It's in the middle of the pack in the league. I think they're ranked like 15th as a team in rushing yards allowed. Um, but I do think there's, there's opportunities here and it's kind of like a lot, like it's like, to me, the game really hinges on, can the Dolphins offense totally expose the Browns defense and just make it so that like the Browns offense just isn't able to score enough points to, to make it a close game. But the defense definitely feels like, you know, it's like we haven't really talked about the defense all week so far in, in preparation for this game or during the bye week like it's all about their offense. And, you know, I, I think that's the story for them, obviously, but you know, they've left themselves, I think, susceptible on the on the other side of the ball a little bit to a team like the Browns that that could be sneaky, that Jacoby Brissett's kind of playing sneaky good. He's coming off of, you know, arguably his best game so far of the year against the Bengals. So, I mean, there's a lot that went right for the Browns offense last time out, right? He was getting the ball to Amari Cooper. He was getting the ball to DPJ. Um, Nick Chubb got going. Like, all of those things happened simultaneously. Plus now they might, you know, Wyatt Teller looks to be on track to come back, which is another huge boost for this run game. So I definitely think, like you said, Dan, they're placing a lot of like weight or hope on Bradley Chubb right now because this defense isn't particularly standing out, I don't think. Jacoby Brissett revenge game, Mary Kay? <laughs> well, you know, that's really not in Jacoby's nature. You know, he, he's just really not... Uh, it's not like if Baker were going to play, you know, somebody that, you know, that he's ever played for or had some kind of beef with. Uh, Jacoby's just not really like that. Uh, the thing that I think uh, Jacoby is playing for right now, in part, is just to prove to everyone that he can do this job, that he can be a starting quarterback, and that he wasn't here just trying to keep the seat warm for Deshaun Watson. He's got three more games uh, to try to hand over. At least, if he can, two more victories to Deshaun to keep this team in playoff contention. So it's nice that he's going back to play where he played last year. He went two and three there last year. Nice that he's going back home. He was born in West Palm Beach. Um, but, uh, you know, he, I, he that's just not who he is. I think he's out to, uh, to get this team uh, to the playoffs and to do his part in that endeavor. And Ashley... The reality for Jacoby is, you know, maybe he's back here next year as a backup, but maybe he's getting 11 starts here to show somebody, hey, you won't bring me in, pay me to be your starter next year or compete or keep the seat warm for a rookie. I mean, there could be opportunities for him if he uses the rest of these games to, to kind of show he deserves that shot. Yeah, and I mean, I think, number one, Jacoby Brissett is a guy who, he obviously understands what the deal is, like, right? Like, he came into this situation knowing uh, Deshaun's going to be suspended for a certain number of games, probably, and I'll fill in. But I do think also, like, the benefit of Jacoby Brissett is I think it's pretty rare to find a guy like him who who is a quarterback, who is 
this well-liked and has those leadership tendencies, but also I think is very self-aware of his situation and how rare these opportunities are. And I mean, that's why we saw him get so emotional after uh, Carolina in the season opener, because that was basically the gist of what he was saying. Like, who knows? This could be the last chance. He's 29 years old. Um, This could be the last chance that he really has as a starter, for all we know. You know, nothing is guaranteed, I think, to guys who are on this kind of trajectory like Jacoby Brissett is. He's not a superstar, but he's a guy who knows his role, who's well-liked. You could do a lot worse. So it's understandable, I think, why. I I think these games mean a lot to him. I think everyone has. I think that's why when they lose, he's very upset and hard on himself. But I, I do think, like you're saying, man, this could go a lot of ways for him. So I, I think he knows the stakes, and that's you know part of part of the Jacoby Brissett experience. Well, I can't wait until the off season when we do our five part "What's Next for Jacoby Brissett" series. That'll be our our the, instead of the Mayfield the Matrix. What oh boy, we do that starts with a B. The Brissett. Now, go ahead, Mary Kay. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say I, I was crunching some Jacoby numbers today because I did a story on Jacoby um, and I didn't use some of these in the story because it turned out to be more about the Browns imposing their will that he, he wants them to be able to impose their will on the dolphins like they did against the Bengals. So I didn't use some of these numbers, but he is five and eight since last season when he was a starter for the dolphins with 12 touchdowns, nine interceptions and an 82.6 rating or 82.7 rating, uh, which would be 27th in the NFL right now. So even though he's done some really good things for the Browns right now, um, you know, he's not necessarily at the level uh, where, you know, a a ton of people might be clamoring for him as a starter. Uh, But, you know, he's held down the fort here. He's done a really, really Really nice job, um, but you know he's kind of been consistent. I think uh, throughout his career, and um, you know, I, I mean, I I think you sort of know what you're getting. So you're saying we should cancel our Jacoby January Jamboree? Yeah, before you got too far into it and had a really nice <laughs> name for it, I figured oh, I better dial it back there for Jacoby you. Jacoby Jamboree. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're doing it. It's, it's all happening. right. I mean, you know, and, and part we'll of it is that and for, yeah. for what they've needed him to do, he's been amazing. He's He's been the leader on and off the field. He's held this team together. He gave the impassioned speech after the Patriots game for everybody to dig deep and find more within themselves. He's been so great. Everybody loves him. Uh, he's great with the media. Uh, so, you know, if you needed to have somebody fill in for Deshaun Watson for these amount of games – uh, like we said before, you could have done a lot worse, but still, you know, let's keep it in a little bit of perspective. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if he's here next year, if, right. if they really like him and the price is right. And you got a guy that, you know, can come in and play if you need him to, and he's good in the room, all that stuff that you just said. Okay. Uh, we're going way off the rails here with Jacoby Brissett talk. So we'll save all that for the off season. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Like I said, our big preview pod coming up on Friday. So just make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and also become a Football Insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. 
Mary Kay and Ashley. I will talk to you later.